Hey, welcome back to the show. Well, the collapse of FTX, a cryptocurrency exchange once valued at, get this, $32 billion U.S. and founder Sam Bankman-Fried's arrest on Monday on a number of charges alleging he defrauded his investors have prompted many to ask, where did the money go? Well, current FTX CEO John Ray, a corporate restructuring expert uh, who's handled the restructuring of bankrupt energy trader Enron, uh, appeared before the House Financial Services Committee this week. Now, get this. He told lawmakers is still in a very preliminary stage in their investigation, but it's evident uh, Bankman-Fried and his colleagues were grossly inexperienced and unsophisticated. Ray had indicated that customers, investors who put their money into FTX and its affiliates shouldn't hold out hope for a full recovery. Now, what I find interesting uh, from Mr. Ray is he goes on to say that he has never seen an utter lack of record keeping with absolutely no internal controls whatsoever. Take a listen. Invoicing and expenses on on Slack, which is you know essentially a uh, you know a way of communicating for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks, multi-billion-dollar company using QuickBooks. Now, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but QuickBooks is a software program geared towards, you know, small and mid-sized businesses for accounting and approving invoices uh, via Slack messaging. That's like your local bicycle shop. That's what they would use, like a small business like that. And it's a very common and, and you know, quite well-used system. But for a $32 billion U.S. dollar business, it is ridiculous. Uh, Bankman Fried is also known as SBF, uh, appeared at a recent investor conference via video conference with uh, from the Bahamas, where he, where he was grilled by a New York Times reporter. Take a listen to this excruciating interview. Please ask SBF why he decided to steal my life savings. Please ask him if he thinks what happened was fraud. I mean, I'm deeply sorry about what happened. Was there commingling of funds? I ain't knowingly commingle funds. Yeah. When, when did the commingling of assets begin? Um, I, and I'm still looking into exactly how that how that worked mechanically. The time that I really knew there was a problem was November 6th. You were nervous the company was going to go under, you were nervous you were going to get caught. That FTX is not going to be able to fill customer withdrawals. What are your lawyers telling you right now? Uh, are, are they suggesting this is a good idea for you to be speaking? They are very much not. Are you in the Bahamas because you think you can't leave? I have been in, in the Bahamas for the last year. And Do you think you could come to the United States or go elsewhere? To my knowledge, I could. How concerned are you about criminal liability at this point? I don't personally think that I have, but it, I think the real answer is that's not what I'm focusing on. You did an interview, I think perhaps inadvertently, that a lot of the things that you were doing were not necessarily things you actually believed in. We were spending an enormous amount of our energy on compliance. I think, frankly, we were spending probably too much of our energy getting licensed. Can I ask you about the drugs? I had my first sip of alcohol after my 21st birthday. Uh, there were no wild parties here. I had been prescribed various things at various times to help with focus and concentration. I wish I had been a lot more focused over the last year. Were you truthful with us today? I was as truthful as, as I, as you know, I'm knowledgeable to be. Do you agree that over time you also lied? Do I agree that I lied? There are certainly times when I was acting as a marketer for FTX. What do you think realistically is your future? What is my future? Um... <laughs> what is your future? Well, based on uh, the Justice Department, uh, they want him behind bars uh, and they want to extradite him. Uh, joining us now to talk a little bit about uh, SBF and other crypto bros is Andy Brewer, technology and digital lifestyle expert. And you can find him at handyandymedia.com. Hello, Andy. Hi, Jazz. Uh, just for the record, I do know what his future is. If he gets charged with all eight from the Justice Department, all those charges, mm -hmm. his future is 115 years in prison. 
Oh, 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 oh my God! So is it is this a is this a one off in your mind, or do you think that there could be other companies, much bigger companies, or companies just as big that are gonna they're gonna fall as well? I, well, I think this was just coming. You know, you you with with crypto, it was only a matter of time before some big con artist was gonna finally get caught. The question about FTX is, how did he pull this off? How did he get celebrities? How did he get the naming rights? How did he buy off the politicians? How did he buy off even YouTubers who are in the crypto industry? He basically just threw all this money to everybody to buy influence. And everyone thought that this was like he was like some mastermind. He was the next uh, Warren Buffett. That's what they were calling him. But it turns out he's just a, a, a new age Bernie Madoff. It, it, it is it is truly amazing. I've heard that other companies like Binance, which are massive as well, that the, the Justice Department is already looking into their records and some of the things that, that the, they're involved in. Uh, I'm going to assume that more is coming. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, it just shows that what cryptocurrencies and the crypto industry needs is some type of regulation. And that's what they said was great about it, right? It was deregulated, no government interference. And and this is what happens when you have no regulation. And, you know, what's interesting about FTX is he founded it in 2019 in Hong Kong and they have regulation. So then they were looking around the world. Where can we set up shop where we have no regulation? And they found it would have been in the Bahamas. And that's why FTX set up shop in the Bahamas, because they didn't have to face regulatory bodies like the U.S. But the con finally got caught. And now. There is they're trying to extradite them back to the U.S. to face charges. You know, it, it, what I find interesting is you mentioned celebrities. I think Tom Brady and even Steph Curry uh, of football and basketball fame, uh, respectively, uh, I think were owed money. I think there were some endorsements there. Other celebrities, actors uh, endorsed them. But what I found quite interesting is that global institutional investors poured more than a billion dollars into FTX. So it's not just celebrities getting an endorsement deal. Uh, he's also poured tens of million dollars, uh, of, as you said, into illegal campaign contributions to Democrats and Republicans. But global institutional investors, those that invest on behalf of our pension funds, they also got snookered too. I mean, they invested a lot of money in this. Yes, Sequoia Capital. They had a video conference with him and they're listening to him talk and they just thought this was the most brilliant person. As he's talking, they kept hearing this clicking noise like on a mouse. And it turns out he was playing World of Warcraft while he's having this, this conference call with, with some of the, the leading investors in the tech industry. And those investors left thought this guy was a genius. And here he is trying to multitask, playing his online gaming while he's talking with these investors. And they invested. The Ontario Pension Fund invested in him. That's what I can't understand, Jazz. How did so many people fall for this guy? And I think the legitimacy that a lot of people saw in him came from his parents, both Stanford professors. His dad's a tax lawyer. His mom is a... She, she discusses the intersection of philosophy and law and was a big proponent of what's called effective ultra, altruism. And he said he was going to give all his money away. And of course he was, because it wasn't his money to begin with. He was just a con artist uh, of, of all con artists. It's, it's just amazing. And when you listen to him talk, you, you wonder, is he just like not very sophisticated or is he just playing dumb? 
to everybody because the question is, is there criminal liability here? And that's what the government has alleged that he knew what he was doing and he was basically defrauding his customers. Well, just listening to that tape that we played before uh, you came on where he's getting grilled by Andrew Ross Sorkin from um, the New York Times. I mean, he didn't have an answer to some very basic questions. Uh, and uh, you, you know why um, he, of course, is hiding out in the, in the Bahamas. My, my sense of it, whether it's these celebrities, whether it's these sophisticated investors that are handling our pension funds, including the Ontario Pension Fund, Sequoia Capital, as you mentioned, I think it's FOMO, fear of missing out. And they all yeah. sort of jumped in because there's so much hype and froth built around um, crypto, uh, not only in the media, but also in social media. It was everywhere. YouTube, no matter where you look, everybody says it's a new system that's being created and you're a sucker not to be involved. And uh, <laughs> and here we go. The thing just blows apart. Um, do you still see a future with, with uh, Bitcoin and crypto broadly if there is uh, some sort of, uh, I guess, regulation and in and around it? I do see a future for this. Um, it, it, you know, the cat's out of the bag. It's the question is, what is going to happen in the future? Is it going to be regulated? Bitcoin, what they're trying to do is have Bitcoin be considered a, a commodity, a digital commodity, not a security where like the other cryptocurrencies. But, you know, it just goes to show if if a company is setting up in Bahamas to, to n- avoid regulation, that should be a red flag to you that something's not right. And you're right about the FOMO. They were trying to go to the mom and pop investors. And that's when I started speaking out against it. And everyone thought I was a fool for not being in part of this crypto, you know, craze. But I, I saw it. I saw that FOMO happen and I saw all this money and I couldn't connect the dots, Jazz. And a lot of people haven't been able to figure it out. But it goes to show that he was just this was just a, an old-fashioned embezzlement, just like John Ray had yeah. characterized it. It's, it's very, very true. Well, and this is something you see in crypto all yeah, the time. Exactly. Uh, you know, Warren Buffett was saying, you know, he, he's not involved because he, he can't understand it, right? I remember years ago, I did this documentary on Glenn Clark and Jimmy Patterson. And I was asking them about tech and do they invest in tech? And Glenn Clark, who's now, of course, the president and CEO of the Patterson Group, he says, and we were at the printing plant uh, somewhere in Alabama, actually. Uh, uh, we were doing a whole series on them. And he goes, Jazz, you know when you buy a steak and, and you got that white tray? I go, yeah. Uh, the styrofoam tray? I go, yeah. He goes, we understand styrofoam trays. <laughs> that's our business. And that's what we do. We don't get into things that we don't understand. Uh, and crypto would be a classic example where <laughs> I wouldn't see the Jimmy Pattisons or the Warren Buffetts getting involved because you just don't understand it. And this is what happens. Andy, thanks for your time, my friend. Thanks, Jess.